0: Welcome to BIV Today. We're the Daily Business News Podcast from the Business and Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com.
1: I'm Kirk LePoint. I'm Tyler Orton. Is the BC Liquor Distribution Branch ready to become, I guess, experts in the cannabis industry right now? CEO Blaine Lawson, he discusses what we should expect from BC cannabis stores, which his organization will be overseeing, and how his group is preparing to manage cannabis distribution come this fall.
0: A range of innovative disruptive technology has emerged to provide financial services and systems that conduct transactions and aim for greater efficiency. Hope you'll join us September 13th for BIV's FinTech panel, where we're going to discuss how to help small and medium-sized businesses make informed decisions in this new landscape. For more information on this and other events at BIV, go to biv.com slash events.
1: Well, we're almost exactly two months away from the legalization of recreational cannabis. This means that in just about 61 days, BC consumers will be able to purchase product from a public retail store. The locations will be under the BC Cannabis Store's brand and will be run by the BC Liquor Distribution Branch. And with us today is Blaine Lawson. He's the CEO and General Manager of the BC LDB. Blaine, thanks for joining us on the show. Morning. So you're an expert in cannabis now. How's it been going? Well, we're learning. I wouldn't say I'm an expert.
2: Okay. Um, but I've hired experts. Um, it's going. It, there's an awful lot's going to happen in the next 60s or so days. Um, but, uh, it's a, been a very interesting time. Do you mind telling me what, what kind of reaction one
0: has when one is told that cannabis is now going to be part of the portfolio? <laughs>
2: Well, when I got up off the floor and then figured out how broad this was going to be yeah. and realized that we live in the province of British Columbia, it's a fairly mature market already for this. yeah. And the one thing that we looked at is don't mess this up. So there was an awful lot of rules that still weren't out there yet. So yeah. it was, how do we build the team? I don't have the resources. So we started with the people, but it was, wow. This is a monumental task. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: you mentioned it's a mature market. And I think what a lot of people think about are the the supply chains that are going through that are going to be ready in time for the October launch. How do you go about just securing supply? We have a lot of competition from other provinces as well. Are we kind of competing against each other across Canada?
2: Um, Maybe a little bit to start. I think over time, there'll be more than sufficient supply within the marketplace. Mm. Understand that the products that we're going to carry are quite different than what the consumer is used to today. It's a narrower focus. Uh, it's oils, capsules, um, flour, dried flour. So it doesn't have the shatters, the waxes. It doesn't have uh, the edibles or the drinkables. So those those issues are... From a supply point of view, you've got some of the large guys coming on streaming. We've got some medium sized guys that have premium product. We did a first product call a little while ago, went out to the different LPs. We signed up 32, we're up to 32 right at the moment for a supply flow starting 1st of October. Um, we've backed it up a little bit actually, maybe as early as the 24th of September. Um, we believe we'll have sufficient supply for the market over the next little while. Mm. Last Friday, we went out and announced that we're going to do a second wave. So in our first wave, we've got 150 strains, um, 32 different LPs, over 700 different unique SKUs that will be available into the marketplace. We anticipate uh, not necessarily doubling up, but we think that there's an opportunity because there are more LPs that have come on stream. There's some smaller guys that have now been licensed, so we're going to work with them as well. It sounds like you're uh, relatively comfortable with the timelines in all of this
0: case, because obviously they were pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And now Ontario uh, obviously has pushed itself back even further. I don't know whether that's just a political consequence of a Doug Ford administration, but, but who knows. But in this case here, you think that that's about the right vector into it somewhere around that. October 17th window there?
2: Yeah. For us, it is. Um, if we had to go earlier, we could have done it, but it would have been extremely manual. Mm. Um, we wouldn't had systems ready. Um, I would not have had my e-commerce platform available, which is both B2B and B2C. Mm. Um, that's how we're going to communicate with both the LPs and with, with uh, the private uh, retailers that are out there. So for us, when we look at this, um, that date actually bought us a little bit of time and will allow us to get a lot of systems in place so that we don't have to be so manual. Tell us a little bit about what one of these
0: stores might look like, because I, I have had friends who have gone into dispensaries, as they say, and, yeah. they had, and they'll tell you, you know, it, it's like a little bit of a, a like a jeweler for a, for a cannabis uh, in terms of what you're, you're able to see on the shelves and almost sample and touch. What what are you going to be able
2: to do and not do in this case? Well, Health Canada set the rules. yeah. So we have to follow them. It's quite different than the pharmacies today or what you see in the U.S. if you go to Washington, Colorado, or Oregon. Um, a jeweler is a really good analogy. Mm-hmm. You're going to come into the door. You're going to have somebody that has to check IDs at the doorway. There'll be lots of social responsibility messaging, anatomy of the plants, uh, describing the differences of the terpenes, what that looks like. Um gee uh, there's very little product that's visible. There'll be smell jars or sniff jars in the middle. Um in our first store we've designed we have 92 of those um, for the different strains that are in there. All the accessories are locked up. They have to be behind glass. So that includes a Bic lighter or rolling papers and all the rest. That's how far Health Canada has gone. No accessories can be handled by a consumer as well. Wow. And it's okay. a one-on-one environment. So with the sales associate working with you on the floor, um, there'll be menu boards up in most of the stores. Uh, I think uh, I've seen Fire and Flower. They've announced their store design and all the rest. If you go online, very, very similar. Um, So it's all menu boards. So it's like you're going and buying off of the menu board. If you're a Tim Hortons or a McDonald's and there's all of the list of products and the price point and you, clerk will go get it from the back and bring it out, the associate, and hand it to you. It's interesting you say price point, isn't the price point going to be about the same? Um, price points will fluctuate. So just yep. any just as within a dispensary, you're going to have value product that will be anywhere from 4 to $5 a gram, and then you could have stuff that is $18, $19 a gram, uh, depending upon where the LPs believe that their product should fit within the market oh. and how they've grown it. Some of the craft guys believe they have something that's unique, So they've priced it accordingly.
1: So how are you going to manage maybe that launch date? I'm just wondering about... The curiosity factor, a lot of people just coming in, a lot of foot traffic, at least initially. And, and do you have any expectations for maybe how sales are going to go and No door crashers, are there? <laughs> no sales at all. <laughs> uh, well, it might be close to say the, uh, the uh, Boxing Day sales. Or, you
2: know. um, black, black, well, green, we're going green Monday. Yeah, yeah green Monday. <laughs> the, the store itself, we actually think we can handle the flow. Our first store is in Kamloops. We have to work with each municipality, as does all the private guys, they got to get zoned. There's public consultation. This is going to take a while for all of this to roll out within the province. We've announced the first one in Kamloops. We still have to go through quite a bit with them in terms of permits and um, meeting with council, meeting with staff, in order to move that forward. We announced it because we felt comfortable with where we were in our discussions with them. Um, so in that store, we'll have lots of product. Um, will we run out? I hope. That'll be it. A- good and a bad thing, Um, but we'd be able to replenish fairly quickly. Uh, The online store will be able to replenish uh, immediately. That'll be up and running and operational. We actually believe that online will be um, quite robust to start. Yeah. So we're staffing and bringing product in accordingly. Obviously now you've got a a medical marijuana contingent,
0: a cohort that receives a lot of its uh, product uh, shipped to it. Um, Is there any kind of special feature that's going to uh, start arriving for the more of the consumption of recreational cannabis in terms of uh, uh, kind of a secure courier or shipping or anything like that? Uh,
2: Yeah, we're working with Canada Post who today does the majority of the LP's deliveries. Um, There is a secure shipping function that they have which includes ID checks at door. Um, It's not left behind in the Yes, right. You have to go pick it up so it's not dropped in the mailbox. Um, There is gatekeeping on the website before you go in. Mm -hmm. Um, On the website, when you land on the page, no matter if you do a a search on Google or Bing or whoever you're utilizing as a search engine, it'll bring you to the very front page, which is an age verification. It won't just drop you in if you're looking for a strain. And then you have to go through and then there's social responsibility messaging before you move through.
0: So Blaine, um, help me understand what you think will be the challenges say in the Vancouver market where you have a, let's put it this way, it's more than flourishing. It's kind of crazily out of control in terms of the dispensary situation. And you've got to come in here and offer, a, I I think a far more structured, regimented, restricted, regulated environment than, than say the guy around the corner kind of thing. Um, are you gonna have a challenge? Do you think with the consumer, or do you think the consumer loves the idea that, you know, this is this is frankly the legit way to get it?
2: I think we're gonna have both, but I think we're gonna have a challenge with the consumer. And I think what people don't realize is that uh, it's not the us, it's not the province, it's mm-hmm. the federal government. Health Canada has established these rules. That's the way it is to start. So you can say we're coming out of prohibition. Um, so what will it look like three, five years down the road, or even 18 months down the road? I imagine it'll be very, very different than what it is today. And I think we have some social responsibility messages that we talk about, about going slow, start, start slow. And I think that that's the approach that they're taking as well.
1: Well, obviously, I mean, you guys have Kamloops launching you know, as the first store. Have you been inundated with applications in Vancouver, despite the fact that maybe you could say that the market here is a little bit saturated with the, I guess, the illegal dispensaries?
2: Well, I'm I can't talk about the licensing because I honestly don't know. That's handled by the licensing group over in Victoria. Um, they started taking applications as of Friday. We've been, I can speak to the private stores and public stores that we think will come online. Um, she will the general manager over there and her team will work through the applications once they're applied um, and um, they get their license we'll start to sell to them ASAP so long as municipalities sign off as well within Vancouver that you're right there it is quite uh, pronounced within there you've got some guys that are quite entrenched within the marketplace I honestly don't know whether they will be licensed or not licensed going forward if they are I'm happy to sell them on the wholesale side. Um on ours we've we've been looking working with our real estate team looking at sites throughout the province as is a number of different uh, organizations mm-hmm. big and small and real estate's pretty tight. The rules are pretty tight and a lot of the rules aren't defined yet on a municipal level. So a lot of a lot of municipalities are waiting till after the elections, municipal elections in October to make a determination. Yeah, because it, 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 during the campaigns, I think there'll be a lot of discussion about the nature of what
0: individual cities wish to have and the yes. way of a presence in all of this. It's fair enough.
1: Isn't uh, legalization date also like the same three week days, as days, yes, three uh, days, municipal elections? Three days before, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Yeah.
0: Um, now, is it possible that any of the places that
2: now exist will be converted i guess it can be uh, honestly um i guess they could be honestly i don't know yeah. um that will be determined by the licensing because, because some of them I mean, are fairly else. i would say sophisticated in their
0: yes in their approach right they are it's, you know, it's not a they're not just head shops in a corner you know uh, a grotty little uh, building of some sort some of them are actually fairly you know they look like drugstores. Yeah. I
2: really, yeah, okay. so we all go through uh, the yeah. same process. So all of my staff. But you're agnostic about that anyway. I'm agnostic. To, They're yeah. a customer. And so whoever gets put in, um, we'll sell to them so long as they've They've got their license from the province and the municipality. Yeah, got it.
1: So from your perspective, you know, at the liquor distribution branch, you have challenges on that side of things. What is maybe kind of the number one difference that you've noticed between handling, you know, supply chains, distribution for liquor versus this very nascent industry, at least legal industry that we're going to see come October? Um, The suppliers on the
2: um, liquor side are very mature. They have well-built supply chain flows, uh, great systems, sales teams. Uh, they know what their product is. They, they've they worked it out uh, 24 months out on the flow of product, new introductions, et cetera. The LPs that we currently have coming on board, large through small, um, it's a bit of seat of your pants. Um, it's a new industry. They're learning as they go. As we're building out systems, they're building out systems. They're figuring out their operations, the the cultivation of when it happens. They've got a lot of that down, but now they're having to learn about packaging in a mass um, uh, consents or yeah. mass amounts. like, they're not used to that. They're used to shipping onesies, twosies on the medical side. Now all of a sudden you're saying, oh no, I want a 54 foot trailer, um, and by the way, or we want you to deliver the following to these LPs, uh, or from these LPs to these individual private guys. And that's fairly large because you're dropping a skid at each one. And they're, they're not quite used to that yet. Yeah. Um. So we're working our way through it. Um. There are more and more of them coming on stream. And they're looking at the challenges around it. They've got branding and they've got some really good branding. However, the packages are pretty nondescript. Yeah. So yeah. what does that look like?
0: What, what you're discussing reminds me of some of the businesses we've had in, on our program that have suddenly uh, got a deal with China. <laughs> and, then they, yeah. and then all of a sudden they go from having like a modest amount of production to suddenly working 24 hours to meet the demand. Or is that what you're starting to see already in this yes. field where, yeah.
2: And they're having the same issues that we are. They're hiring left, right, and center. Yeah. Um so they're they're bringing a lot of staff on board. We're bringing a fair number of staff on board and it's out there and then people need to yeah. You you've got to mesh that all together. You've got to create a culture. You've got a you got to build your your whole business out. And so some of them have a bit of a head start. Some of them are very professional. Um really have thought it through. It's funny how many beverage alcohol guys have moved over into the marketplace. Well, I was going to ask about that because it, 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 the jobs that you're creating in this case, are are they
0: coming from, or are the employees coming from the sectors that already have some sense of supply chains and distribution? Some and, of them are, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys moving over from beverage alcohol into a lot of the larger ones. So. Um, that's very, very prevalent and they bring the supply chain knowledge and the packaging knowledge and the marketing knowledge in.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, for us, we went out and hired into the marketplace, um, from the industry, um, not from alcohol. We know alcohol. We've hired people that worked in industry. So.
0: Like soft drink industries? No, uh, cannabis
2: industry.
0: Oh, cannabis industry. So you went right into the culture itself? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. We did
2: full background checks on them, but we brought them in. Um, We felt that that was the right approach to take. Yeah, right. Well, we were told that, I think, many months ago, that this was, we were going to have
0: to start to see people in the so-called cannabis culture getting into into government? Reagan. We've got about
2: eight or 10 right at the moment. Um, probably be a few more as we move forward. We thought it was important, especially foundationally, to have them there. Um, they've been great advocates. Secondly, they they provide uh, a knowledge base that we just didn't have. Sure. Yeah. So they're the ones pointing out the pitfalls that we might run into within the marketplace and the general populace yeah. and what their expectations are.
0: Tell me a bit about the packaging or the non-packaging in a certain respect in this case here because i think people are are looking for um they're going to be people who will try cannabis all of a sudden who haven't tried it Mm -hmm. or who haven't tried it in ages i think because now it's legal
2: uh are are
0: they kind of walking a little blindly in this one because
2: of the way the packaging goes um the packaging is very nondescript it's all kept in the back um it's like a how to put it? It's a, a Ziploc, um, for lack of a better expression or a jar. Um, they're opaque, so you can't see into them. And that's why we've created sniff jars out on the table so yeah. that the customer can see the different buds. Um, it will have, um, unfortunately, you can't touch it, but you can smell it. You can see it. It has a magnifier on it. So you can really see into the bud. You can see the terpenes. You can see, you can see everything that you need to as it relates to it with signage. Yeah. Um but they've they have kept it pretty pretty strict. So it it says what it is, it has a barcode, it has very small lettering uh describing the name of the product or the branding that it has. Um a lot of guys are still working their way through the packaging, but it is pretty nondescript.
0: Are you gonna uh how would I put it, assist people in a certain sense to find what it is that they're after? I mean, you know, yes. I've gone into wine tasting places and you know i've heard people say well i i, I want a, a white wine and you're like well yeah okay help what, Pro- what do you want a chardonnay you know and oh, what's a chardonnay so, so so is this what you're going to be doing yeah with the so question? there's
2: product attributes for each one of them yeah um it'll be electronic at store level um we're we think knock on wood we'll have that up and running when we launch um right now it looks good so if you wanted to look at whatever strain it is um granddaddy perps, somebody keeps using that as an example within the meetings, um, you'll be able to pull it up and it's all there.
1: Um, so, oh, sorry, but but I'm curious then, would the, I guess, frontline retail workers now working at the BC Cannabis stores, are you expecting some to have, I guess, shifted over from the liquor stores? Are you hiring all new people that might have more it's bit, expertise?
2: It's a bit of both. Um, they will go through fairly extensive training. Um, we're getting started. So in Kamloops, we had about 300 people turn up to the job fair there. Wow. Um, we've hired or we're in the process of making offers to everybody. They'll go through uh, four weeks of training in advance. Uh, and it's mostly product training. Um, teaching somebody how to use a register and stock a shelf and all the rest is pretty straightforward in the back. But it, this is all about product and knowledge. So we've created programs um, in conjunction with quite a few of the LPs but unique to to ourselves so that the staff will be comfortable when they're out on the floor.
0: Are you hearing anything yet about, um, well, in Kamloops, I guess, in particular, are you hearing anything yet from surrounding stores and, and that about what they're feeling about the idea of this coming into their their block for instance
2: we haven't heard anything negative um thus far we're literally across the parking lot from one of our larger liquor stores okay um but we haven't heard anything negative as as of yet there are communities that are quite concerned and and there are municipalities that have come out and said that no we don't want this in our yeah richmond i think is one of them yeah Yeah. so i've talked to mayor brody and you know i respect that and so we have a warehouse there and one of the, the mm-hmm. reasons behind it, or we'll call it a depot, it's not really a warehouse. It's a flow through facility. Um, is that everything is sealed. So there is no smell or off gases and it's a nondescript building and but we we're not pursuing retail within that marketplace. Yeah. And they've said no and
1: So Blaine, I I think I'm going to be just as fascinated 18 months from now as I will be two months from now when everything launches just to see how everything changes and you guys figure out what's going on, where to shift, where to go, where maybe the federal government maybe realizes some changes are needed. Love to get you back in uh, the next few months just as everything rolls out and you you might be able to find some time for us, I, I would hope. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I enjoyed this morning. Thank you. Excellent. That's Blaine Lawson, CEO and General Manager of the BC Liquor Distribution Branch.